Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We are so excited. Andrea, you are here. Video queen, amazing extraordinaire. Welcome to the show. Thank you. That's uh, quite the introduction. <laughs> Video queen. Can we put that on my business card? Right. With some like confetti pops yes. and some banner. Are you running in through like a balloon tunnel? I am done um, for that. <laughs> I am all about that. That's what, that's what we just presented to you guys. I am really, really pumped to chat with Andrea today because we're chatting all things video and not just the like, guys, do you know that video is super popular and it's like where it's at and where everyone <laughs> needs to be? Like everyone and their mother says that. But Andrea actually has some tactics for how you can get yes, started. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's all about the getting moving forward, right? Actionable things. So I think I want to like, give some sympathy to the crowd or some like, we're in the trenches with you in this whole video thing. And we've been talking about starting a vlog, like a vlog with a V for 87 years. (laughs) And our podcast listeners have heard us mention it before. At least 5 million times. (laughs) Like so many times. Every single one of them is refreshing their little YouTube channel. Like where are the girls? Like I can just picture, right? Tell me. Just let's just you can tell me that that's what you've been doing. <laughs> and we've been nothing but disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Well, and maybe you can go into why people are like this. Yeah. Yes. People like this. <laughs> we've recorded video uh-huh. for like ads and we've done webinars and we've done Facebook lives. But for whatever reason, when I'm sitting alone in front of mm-hmm. a little teeny camera, by myself uh-huh, with uh-huh. no real agenda, but other than like a topic. And maybe it's because I'd have a really shitty plan. And that's what we need to work I just like am the most awkward person. You should have seen me the other night or the other day. I was shooting uh, this video. I don't even remember why I did this. Oh, I was talking about planners and how like you hate waking up in the morning and not knowing what you're doing. And I literally crawled into my guest bed and was like holding a video camera over my head and pretending to sleep. It was just 
<laughs> it was just so ridiculous. So let's take it back for these people who are like, I don't know what to do. And they're feeling like a total fool about it. Uh-huh. What do you do to get started? So here's the dirty little secret, guys. Everyone is terrified of video. You are not the only one. If someone comes to me and they don't say these things, I'm actually a little bit concerned about them because it is everybody. It is a scary, daunting thing. And I think acknowledging that is really important because you're all in the same boat. If Again, if you don't have those feelings, you are this unicorn and you should go to like some special place where they worship you. But ultimately... <laughs> well, I Unicorn because we do the webinars and the lives and I rock them. I love them. She's way better than I am. And I'm so good at it. Like humble brag, I'm really, really good at it. But as soon as I hit record in my office when I'm not talking to my desktop or when there's not a crowd there, I literally like was making the video and I was like, nope, that sounded dumb. Hit the record, like cancel that one, recorded another one. It was awful. And I still have yet to yes, record definitely. And honestly, from something that's a live perspective or something where you are on camera, the best thing you can do is really to prepare. So is is not sexy as it is conceptualizing and scripting out what you're going to say. So you have something to look at, even if it's in just an outline format, is going to help take the stress off of you. And again, like I know that preparation is not a sexy thing. It's not necessarily fun to think about. But it takes so much of that stress off your shoulders of having to sit there and improvise your entire conversation. So that's one of one of the beginner things that I think can really help you just get over the hump. But being on camera is tough. It really is. And I especially tell clients that don't feel like you have to be on camera. Of course, if you're in a vlog format or you're, you know, you think that it's really essential for you to be on video if you're, for instance, a service provider, that I understand, of course. But there's so many ways around that with voiceover or with using text and graphics on screen. Don't feel like you have to be on screen in your video. You really don't have to about 90% of the time. Well, so my issue is we have like for our webinars, we do a bullet point outline for our Facebook lives. We'll have an outline. Even some of our podcasts, we at least have like the topic and like, what is our purpose and our goal? But like when we brought up starting the vlog, both of us were like, okay, we don't really want one more channel. That's like super planned, super scripted and like outline to the T teaches all of these amazing things, checks all of these boxes. Cause we do that so much. So I think that's, Trying to ask is how can you make it feel natural and flow and like have that kind of sense of spontaneity without putting like how can we mm-hmm. like what can we do to content plan in five minutes or less? Gotcha. Content planning from the planning side of the coin that's actually with this particular issue in mind is not necessarily the issue. What I would do and one of my secrets because I've I've spent so much time in TV and interviewing other people is let your cameras roll for a little bit or even pretend they're rolling so that you can just get comfortable speaking and like get into the groove before you even start going. Even if it's for like 5 to 10 minutes because it's just going to take that pressure off and you're just going to feel like, hey, 5 minutes later, this is all old news. So that is kind of one of the tricks of the trade to especially in a vlog format to just kind of like hit your stride before you start actually recording the meat of what you're doing. From a content planning standpoint, there's really kind of a three-step process that I utilize. And I am a big believer. And again, not super sexy, gotta say, but strategy with your video is such an important piece of the puzzle. And frankly, one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making is we get so excited. We're like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my video up and going. And then there's no plan in place. And we all know with any kind of content that falls apart at the seams very quickly. So just with any other kind of content, it is all about the strategy first and foremost. 
So I essentially have a three-step process that is, I guess, kind of the overarching strategy in mind. And it's something that will serve you well for every video moving forward. And we call it at my house, the foundation. And it's really first and foremost, figuring out what is the goal of this video? What are you really trying to achieve? What's the objective here? Because the kind of video that you're making... There's 17,000 kinds we could be making. Where is this going to actually go? What is the, what is the goal here? So, are you really trying to just generate brand awareness? Are you trying to actually convert to a sale? Are you simply trying to keep up with the Joneses because everybody and their mom is getting into video? So, there's a lot of different goals, and that's essentially going to be the first step in deciding what you make. So, first you figure out those goals. Then the next thing is to really look at your demographics. Of course, you know if you're serving a millennial audience or even a centennial audience these days, you know really that 20 and under crowd or are you strictly a baby boomer person? So knowing those pieces will essentially help you guide what you're making because ultimately what platform it's being put on is really what I guess that end goal is in mind. Because again, what we're making for Instagram is different from Snapchat. It's different from YouTube, web, etc. So those are kind of... That is, that is the quickest rundown I've ever done of this. <laughs> That's probably very, very fast and very succinct. But those are the three pieces in that order that are the absolute keys to strategy and setting you know that first framework that's going to guide every piece of video that you do down the road. So what if like... Okay, so we're kind of going into... So we've done video on all the other channels, but we're specifically looking at growing our YouTube channel and the audience over there. And I am yes. not... I don't honestly hang out on YouTube that much. I don't use it that I might like Google a random recipe. And if they have a video uploaded, like that's what I'm looking at. But I've never really got into it. But I know that a big chunk of our audience is there. And so like, if you're not familiar with that platform, how do you really go about understanding? Okay, what did those people over there want that's different than what I'm offering all over here? Sure. And you know, you don't unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, need to reinvent the wheel in terms of the content that you're creating. So really, it's more about just getting in the proper format. YouTube in particular is a very loyal audience. But they also, if you are not consistent, in my experience, more than on any other platform, if you are not completely 100% committed to your posting schedule, you can lose half a following and, and missing one post. It's a really fickle audience. It's also, again, extremely loyal. So you have that at your side. So one of the best things you can do for yourself is on your YouTube channel, you know, right in that top header, make sure you say we post every Tuesday at one or Thursday at seven, whatever time that you pick, make sure that that is up in that channel header and that people are aware of that's when they can expect new content from you. And then simply do not miss a single post or you risk losing a tremendous amount of your following. So that's one of the quickest fixes right off the bat. (laughs) And so with YouTube in particular, since we're talking about that, one of the things I encourage people to do right away is to not not take YouTube lightly because it does demand such consistency. Make sure you really have the time to take it on because ultimately you shouldn't be taking it on unless you can do one a week. One video yeah. a week, same time every week. That's kind of the the bare bones version. And don't think that you need to get to more than that. I've heard certain quote unquote video experts saying you need to, need to do two or three times a week. Nobody has time for that. And that's not necessary. Don't do that to yourself unless you're specifically focused on generating a ton of video. You don't need to be taking it to that level. So channel putting that in the channel header is your first thing. And then the next thing is really knowing how to create value. So with any form of video content, it is all value focused. Ultimately, and you probably already know this, it has nothing to do with you. It is all about your viewer. How are you adding value to their life and simplifying their problems? How are you solving those problems? So within three and a half to four minutes, especially with YouTube, that tends to be the sweet spot. After four minutes, it kind of drops off like a rock into the ocean for most videos. Mm -hmm. So usually within three and a half to four minutes, you know, add that value for them. 
ultimately solve a problem as quickly as you can, as succinctly as you can in that three and a half to four minutes. And those people will be coming back for more. Hmm. Uh, well, like, <laughs> I was talking about it, but here's, here's my thing. Mm-hmm. And sure, other people don't necessarily have the same problems we do, but I feel like we've conquered the other platforms. Like I mm-hmm. understand how to use and utilize Instagram, use and utilize a blog, use and utilize a podcast. And like we've grown those channels. And so I feel like video is the last frontier for us sure. in a lot of ways. And I think my biggest hesitation is we've built enough of an audience everywhere else that I'm scared that we're not going to do it good enough or well enough mm-hmm. and that they're not going to appreciate it. So like, can you, you talked a lot about adding value. What are some things we can do to make sure that the video content we're putting out into the world is valuable? And then like, what is value? Like define value for the people, because I feel like a lot of people arbitrarily say that word and they don't necessarily understand what it means. You guys are full of good questions. I'm so (laughs) asking all the right questions. So this is a huge piece uh, of what I teach with really what what we call visual storytelling. So storytelling is a skill that is so critical. And again, something that's very overlooked, people get so excited to make that they don't actually think about how they are going to add that value. So it's really content marketing focus for anyone who's familiar with that term. And I guess the secret sauce for me is usually one of three things. So you are either inspiring, educating or entertaining your audience through that content. And while certain people will think, well, if I'm just entertaining people, that's not value. That's not at all accurate because if you are entertaining people, that is it is a big part of, of any form of value because if, if it weren't, you know, TV and film wouldn't exist. People see right. the value in that and that's why it's part of the equation. So those are really the three secrets to content marketing. It's inspiring, educating, or entertaining. So within that, there's a lot of different ways. And of course, what's what's interesting about video too is that there is no one size fits all. And I hate to say that because I wish I could blanket statement things for people and say, here's the solution, here's what you do. But you know, if you're product-based, that's different than service-based, which is then different than course creators, which is then different than bloggers. So there's not necessarily a one size fits all. And with that said, though, those are kind of the three guiding principles. So for instance, let's take if you're a service business, say that you're, you know, maybe you're a real estate agent, or you are an interior designer, or, you know, a financial services provider, there's a tremendous amount of value in the fact that you are helping people either find home and shelter, you are, you know, helping people assist with their retirement, those kind of things. So in those specific situations, what I tend to recommend is what you're doing is showcasing your expertise. And this would apply to you guys as well, of course, you are showcasing your expertise and adding value that way. So one of the main things I encourage people to do is to, you know, if you have blog posts, look, go back and look at the top 10 blog posts that you've done. Let's translate into video format because we know that on average, 94% of people will watch a video as opposed to read something. So if you're given that option, so go back to really where the meat is and the things that people actually want to consume and then put those in video format, answer those questions in a live way or, you know, an edited way and use that as a launch point. Because and then of course, same thing, dream up, you know, 20 more ideas of what are the main questions people are asking you and then answer those in a video. That is one of the easiest ways to get up and going and to immensely provide that value. Think of the things that people are asking you and then answer that, solve that problem. So, and again, with yeah. product, you know, there's so many different approaches to this. And I wish, you know, if we had two hours, I could talk about this agnosium. But, you know, that's one of the quickest ways is to really just think about what are the problems that your people have and then solve those. Answer those questions, whether that be in voiceover, directly to camera or in text. That's kind of the keys to the kingdom. 
Well, I kind of want to just like think out loud, brainstorm selfishly for TCC here for a second. <laughs> I think one of our biggest difficulties is well, like we've recognized those pain points and we've accomplished those everywhere else, right? And we have a game plan where we did the exact same thing. We looked at our top performing blog posts. Okay, here's some videos that could go great for those. Like that's easy for us. Teaching strategy, talking business talk. Well, our business has shifted into a more lifestyle brand over the past like year. And we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast and what that means to us and what it means for our content and our viewership. But I feel like we would be like ignoring that part of our business and how it can grow by not incorporating that into this new way. So we figured, oh, a new content stream, a new way of talking to our audience. What if we start leaning more into that lifestyle brand piece? But we're, we don't feel like that right now. And although we're getting questions about how do you do your hair? Or how do you meal plan for a baby? Or what about oils? Or it what just, lipstick are you it wearing? It just doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. So like I could sit down and I could do a screen share and like do a tutorial. And teach you something. And teach you something, no problem. But like all of a sudden, I'm switching the focus to the entertainment section that right. we're talking about. Right. Because they really think that is a piece that we want to start mm-hmm. including. I get like how I get I get nervous. I get excited, but I'm just like I have ideas, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I sit in front of the camera, despite knowing kind of where I want to go with it. I'm just frozen, right. and so if somebody's like new to you or you're expanding and into a different type mm-hmm. of video, is there like an exercise you can try <laughs> or like what are you? Yeah, no, I absolutely. So, so really what you're talking about is the inspiration aspiration piece of, right? So those three things we just chatted about. So why this is so daunting to you is because all of a sudden the, the focus then becomes not on the information. It becomes on you, right? So this is very intimidating to people. And that again, so common. If, if you didn't worry about that, I would be a little worried about you. So it's, it's actually a good, healthy, you know, self preservation mechanism that's kicking in. So really, you know, there's a lot of options, especially with YouTube here. So if you're looking to expand really into that lifestyle piece, the beauty of YouTube is that you can have all these amazing different playlists that satiate all these different corners of your audience. So you can still, of course, create content that yes, of course, satiates that, you know, the educational side of the coin, if you want to put that on YouTube and make that available there as well. But simply by having a separate, completely different playlist, you can satiate all these different areas. So again, if you're really going towards that lifestyle piece of like, hey, here's some hair, beauty, makeup, etc. There's this playlist here is, you know, things that have to do with how we actually go through our days and kind of that slice of life piece that can be a different playlist slice of life. Yeah. That's a very common TV term. Um, but yeah, the slice of life piece. So it's, you know, it's just about creating different segments, just as you of course have different customer segments as well. You know, some person who may be interested in a may not be interested in B. So it's creating these different segments to give people options without giving them so much that they're overwhelmed. But it's as simple as creating a different playlist and then making it known that they have that option available to them should they be interested in it. And you can promote the crap out of that via getting that in your email marketing. There's a lot of different ways, but you know, there's it's actually a lot simpler than people realize. It's just how do you know unless you know, right? It's it just becomes a question of that. Wanna learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart.
including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So this question, hopefully I don't throw you off your oh game, Lord. <laughs> but I, I heard some yeses and nos and some very, like, very different advice around this. But if you have a YouTube video mm-hmm. and you want to share it on other platforms, I've heard like, don't share the YouTube link on Facebook. You should re-upload it instead. Like creating something in square format for Instagram, like, What are your views on cross-promoting a video on different social platforms and how would you go about it? Yes, definitely. There is a lot of different advice out there and a lot of different opinions for sure. So there's a couple of different things. So of course, we're rewarded on Facebook these days for organic uploads. So there is something to be said for uploading specific pieces of a video to those, those formats to appease those parts of algorithms. But I will say this. So a big part of video is knowing going in exactly where that's going to live, like we talked about. So 
if I'm creating this video, I know first and foremost, this is going on YouTube, but then I'd like to cut it in this amazing, sexy 15 second way on Instagram to push people to get them to YouTube. And then maybe again, doing another format for Facebook. Those are all things you want to consider on the front end, because of course, that's going to shape what you make. Right. But I am a big, big fan of creating teaser trailers, like massive fan of that. So, you know, people have immensely short attention spans on Instagram and Snapchat in particular. We know this. So typically 15 to 30 seconds is the sweet spot for Instagram. So typically what I would do is if I have this four minute amazing piece of video over on YouTube, I would cut that down and frankly zhuzh it up as we also say in my house to make this sexy format of that that makes people want to get their butts to YouTube or to see the full thing on my website or wherever it's actually being housed. But I want to do that in a really fun, fast cut way because again, we have to give people information in ways that they're actually going to be willing to consume them. Yeah. So that's what I tend to do is to create teaser trailers both for Facebook and then also for Instagram. You can use the same one. You can make something a little bit longer on Facebook if you want to, because people have longer attention spans there. So when it comes to natively uploading things, there is no one swift answer of right or wrong here because... I don't think it's been tested enough for people to really know. Like I said, we do know that people that videos do tend to be rewarded, so to speak, if they're natively uploaded to Facebook. So when I do video for Facebook, I do tend to upload something individually for that format. Same thing would go for Instagram. I create typically that 15 to 30 second trailer and then tease that on Instagram separately. And then, you know, there's a lo- still also a lot of, you know, SEO back and forth, SEO, another scary thing for people, um, video SEO, which we could have an, old, an entire conversation about that. There's a lot of debate too as to whether or not you should be posting on YouTube and then just putting that link in on your website. So, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of hard and fast answers. In, in my opinion, um, I actually was just at a conference and had this conversation with many SEO people. And I think it's still I don't know if it's a little too soon to tell is the right word, which is not what people want to hear. But it's just there's a lot of debate still. So it's kind of a time will tell thing, unfortunately. And hopefully I'll have an answer for you soon. <laughs> when we actually figure out like the hard and fast well, I- rules. Right, right. I think give it another like 10 years of the internet constantly evolving yes. <laughs> uh, for us without any data. I think exactly the next part of the conversation, though, and I think this is our main hang up and has been for a while is, okay, we have our flow down to get the content to a blog or a podcast and get that content pushed to Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest. Like that's simple. And we've had it nailed down for over two years. But I think the workflow for video creating editing, promoting, all of those pieces are super, super intimidating because it feels so different to us. So do you have any tactics for figuring out that work? Yeah. So I essentially have, and it may sound lengthy, but I have an eight-step workflow that I use. And the reason that it's eight steps is that because for me, I do so much content for, you know, for large brands, but also for startups and for individual, you know, individual um, lifestyle coaches and real estate agents and all these different people that it actually helps me avoid mistakes if my process is the same, no matter matter if it's a, you know, one-off two-man shoot or if it is, you know, a 200-person crew. So, having a, right. a workflow that you can draw from on each in every single video will help ease that process. And it's not like, you know, it takes you eight weeks to plan this out. It doesn't need to be that cumbersome. So for me, it's really having the preparation down first. So that comes from conceptualizing and scripting out what you're doing, of course, and then really, really nailing down, you know, what shots you need, which 
may sound daunting, but again, it's pretty quick. Actually, when you when all of a sudden done, just pop it on your phone. There's a lot of ways to do that, and then really harnessing the details. So one of my other biggest pieces of advice for people is that the details are really what make your video sing. And people get very sloppy here when it comes to hair and makeup and what outfits actually going to augment the video and what you know how does this help add to the tone? What props make sense? What locations make sense? All these different pieces. So really taking the time to hone those in, you know, unless there's of course the side of the coin where like if your background's the same in every video, amazing, good for you. That is so exciting if you don't have to factor that in. But at the same time, if you're going to be doing a lot of different lifestyle videos, of course that's kind of a moving target. So really taking the time to prep those things is really what separates, you know, the amateurs from the pros. So those are kind of the first four steps. And I'm trying to give you, you know, very, very quick overview. And then of course, you get into shooting the darn thing. And I have to say that prepping that is is so incredibly vital in, you know, making sure that your shoot goes smoothly. And you may think, well, oh, crap, I'm taking an extra hour to prep this, but it will save you at least an hour, two, three, four, five when you're actually shooting that because you've thought about the proper pieces to lay it out and set it up properly. So can you talk to me real quick before going on to that workflow? What is What are your best tactics on saving and organizing the files? Definitely. So there's, you know, it kind of depends, of course, if you're shooting on a DSLR camera, and then if you're if you're shooting things on an iPhone, because these days, I have to say, there is uh, one particular app, the secret sauce, again, that I'll share with you guys. <laughs> that is my very, very favorite app for shooting on an iPhone. And bottom line is that it turns your, uh, your iPhone into a DSLR. So it is this little like magical piece of gold that I've discovered. And I think it's $15. So it's affordable to everybody. But you know, with that said, the main thing is making sure that you have enough storage space to begin with because video, as much as we like to pretend it doesn't, it takes up a tremendous amount of memory and storage. So one of the best ways to go about that, of course, is to, if you're in an iPhone, of course, there is no, you know, there is not a lot that you can do in terms of popping in an extra, you know, uh, micro SD card and things like that. So I'm a big fan of the little memory sticks that you can pop in order them on Amazon, you know, typically I do like a 128 or a 256 gigabyte. So that I have tons of space to record as much as I want to, because one of the tricks is to always overshoot everything. Make sure you get an extra angle, make sure you let the camera run a little longer. These are the things that, that prevent you from having to go back and doing things over again, which is a massive time suck. So those are some of, you know, that's really one of the first things is really making sure you have enough storage. Was it an app that you were talking about? Yes. So the secret sauce uh, from an iPhone shooting perspective, and I have to say that I am a firm believer that unfortunately, Androids are just not up to snuff yet from a video functionality standpoint. I think they will be there very soon, probably the next year or two. But the functionality is just a little bit different. So I am a diehard iPhone person, I have to say, from a film standpoint, filming standpoint. But my favorite app... Uh, is something called Filmic Pro. It's F-I-L-M-I-C Pro. It is a $15 app uh, that you can buy on, on iTunes. And it will essentially turn your iPhone into a DSLR. So something... Just so you understand what this really means, there was a film that came out, I think it was... I can't remember if this was last year or two years ago called Tangerine that had a lot of buzz around it. It was nominated at the Oscars. And this entire film, this feature film was shot from an iPhone. 
using Filmic Pro. It's insane how beautiful your footage can become by just using this one app. Because what it does is it gives you options. It allows you to control a lot of things that you'd be able to control on a DSLR, but from your iPhone. So a lot of people, it's amazing. And a lot of people will complain with an iPhone, you know, like my shot looks really blown out, right? Like I can't actually see the details or, oh my gosh, it's super dark and I can't, how do I get around this? This is the answer to all of those problems. So your footage will be absolutely stunning once you learn how to use this app it's, it's incredible it's changed everything for me i, I like literally just downloaded it on my phone as you're <laughs> i'm obsessed with it today it's amazing it is i like i said you know we've i've stepped up i would say i do about half to two-thirds of all of my filming now on iphone because of this wow. app and we're talking about you know big branded stuff because what you can shoot is just utterly stunning that and it's again it's amazing. amazing and it's why we just pre-ordered our iphone 10s <laughs> 260 memory whatever yes. major i don't mess around <laughs> i love it it's i mean yeah now that we have that memory available to us i mean it's it's just it changes everything for people who are shooting video from their phone it's amazing we'll, we'll drop links to that app and i will drop a link to those memory sticks that andrew is talking about because that sounds amazing as well i've never heard of that so. Yes, they're incredible. They just, again, having just the right amount of storage, so you don't feel like, oh, gra- crap, I just filled up my phone again. Now I have to, I got to figure out what to do with all this. We don't want you to deal with that. It's just, you know, a little additional pieces of efficiency that will help you expedite your process. For sure. So now that we've gotten through the first, what, four steps and we're shooting, yes. what, what is part of the workflow. Yes. So stuff. So actually, first four steps is uh, conceptualizing, scripting, uh, shot lists, and then what I call true pre-production, which is all those details. So step yeah. five then is to shoot, and then step six is getting into what scares the crap out of people: the edits. People are terrified when it comes to edit. This is not at all surprising. It is the most daunting piece of the puzzle. And with that said, what happens here is that we really get into first laying out what is called the sequence. My favorites, and trust me, after so many years in TV, I have used every piece of editing software, so to speak, out there under the sun. And my personal favorite is Adobe Premiere Pro, which is a very common, accessible people thing for people to use. It is, I believe, $19.99 a month. And it allows, and it's an incredibly user friendly software that also will let you take your video to professional commercial grade if you want to get to that point. If you don't want to get to that point, you don't need to. But for people who are really, you know, if you work for a larger brand or if you're just really looking to put in all the bells and whistles, you can do that with Adobe Premiere Pro. So for that reason, it's my absolute favorite. But within step six, then you're really just laying out the initial, what we call the sequence, which is the initial storyline line of what you're creating. So that is, you know, it's really where you're going to upload your footage, you're going to sort the footage, you're going to organize it. And again, I am a big believer in efficiency. And so again, these are not sexy things to organize our footage, but it is such a crucial piece. And the bottom line with that, Emily, I know you had asked, you know, really with organizing things is figuring out what works for you. Are you a numbers person, letters? Do you want to just do like simple numerical, you know, Greek, Roman, whatever? Do you want to color code things? I'm a very visual person. So colors help me understand. So do what works for you. Because if you're the one getting through this footage, you just have to figure out a system that makes sense in your head. Right, right. So with that said, so once you get through that initial sequence and laying out that storyline, which is so, so critical, then you get into the fun part of what I call the zhuzh, which is that is all the amazing transitions. This is, you know, color 
color correcting things, whether or not you're someone who wants this to be really bright and fun and poppy, or maybe you want to desaturate a little bit and that tone suits you more. So this is where you get into a lot of those fun details, music, adding really great graphics. I'm a massive fan of Canva. If anyone, you know, Canva, like, hallelujah. (laughs) So I make a lot of my free graphics, by the way, in Canva. So this is where you get to really sex it up and put in all those fun things that really separate, again, the amateurs from the professionals. And then, of course, step eight in that process is to promote the heck out of it. People do not promote their video content nearly enough. And they're afraid that, oh my gosh, if I put it over here, I can't put it over there because if someone saw it, I'm going to alienate them. If someone already saw your video, they simply won't click on it. That's you're never going to put it in too many places. So don't worry about that. So that's kind of the the crash course in all eight steps. Well, hearing that, I feel like we're skipping step two. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So one, yes, and like I think two for four is why five is so hard. Yes, that's exactly right. The prep part of the process is again. I know it's not sexy, but it is so critical and it expedites everything else down the road if you take if you pay the proper attention to that prep. Do you ever outsource your like I just want someone to tell me what to shoot. Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually a service that I offer at Video Pop where someone will come to me with a question saying like, hey, I want to shoot these three videos. How the heck do I script this out? That's a, actually a big, big service that we offer that a lot of people take us up on is again, you don't know what you don't know. But it be, also becomes learning that skill for yourself so that at some point, if you want to take that back in house, I'll teach you that process so you can learn how to do it yourself. If you want to continue to just have me do it for you, great, awesome, let's do that. But you have to figure out again the process and the workflow that makes sense for you. And the same thing goes for, you know, for shot lists. Once you have the script, I can tell you what shots will make your video sing. And then of course, as well, you know, figuring all those prep details of here's what I think is really going to be amazing for you to set that tone. Here's what I think that hair and wardrobe should look like, what props make sense, you know, where you should shoot this, all that kind of stuff. So you can absolutely outsource that. It's just what doing what you want to do that suits your process best. Andrea, welcome to Teach <laughs> That is, you know, again, you, you guys have a... Especially for people... We as business owners are so busy. So, so busy. So you have to do... You have to outsource what makes sense for you. And you have to keep in-house what things that you add the special sauce to. For us, two years ago, I would have been like, okay, well, Let's we'll figure it out. It. Right. But yes. it's just not the time Well, and that. the thing is, is you know, you get to the point where you literally are not growing your audience on a certain channel, or we are literally not growing our audience on a certain channel, because we don't have time to do the prep work, right? I will say face of it all day long, but I don't have time to do all of the preparation, which isn't great for the rest of our team, which isn't great for me to know what to actually be doing. And so it all just gets put on a back burner, which it's been doing for the last year. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I have to say, you know, as a fellow entrepreneur, I completely get that I had to sit down and go, okay, this is my zone of genius. This is what I do best. And I outsource the rest. And that is such a difficult, bitter pill to swallow as somebody who, you know, I've been a television producer for a long time. And I'm used to juggling 17,000 balls in the air. But that doesn't mean that I want to continue at that pace. You know, 20 hour days are not fun. And I need to get back to a level of normalcy. So it just takes time. You have to figure out what works for you. But I am a big proponent. You outsource what makes sense for you. A lot of people outsource their edit. People don't like to edit. So that's something else you can, of course, outsource. So it's really just determining what makes sense for you and what augments your process, gets you across the finish line as quickly and efficiently as possible. So I want to ask one more question before we go into talk strategy to me. And for those of you listening who don't know, 
Andrea is not just any video. Like she's an Emmy-nominated television yeah. producer with clients like when Google, I said, Disney, CoverGirl, DSW, Nordstrom, like the, the balloon heck? tunnel. I meant it. <laughs> I'm so flattered. Thank you. I mean, I will always take confetti cannons and balloon tunnels. <laughs> so I want to know, as an amateur videographer i wouldn't even say amateur what's pre-amateur <laughs> <laughs> what lessons can we learn from the pros mm-hmm. and like start implementing to like help us skip a couple steps absolutely and i i have to say first and foremost know that you do not need to have a large budget to take on video. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. And I also have to say that there are a lot of really big brands that I work with who do not understand what they're doing and don't know how to harness this and use it effectively. So dollars does not equate actual good content. I will say that. The biggest thing to keep in mind is that Simple and clever often performs best. So you do not need to reinvent the wheel here. You do not need to take on some crazy concept with 10 billion bells and whistles. If you want to do that, go right ahead. But keep hold, uh, I should say, hold tightly to that simple and clever concept. So again, go back to that value piece, solve those problems, and your content will perform. It's just one of those things that, again, despite doesn't matter how much money you're spending, if you miss that piece and you're not adding value, your videos just are not going to do anything for you. So figuring out what content actually makes sense, that is, I guess, again, another key to the kingdom, really. And and what these big brands are doing is that they figure out how to add value. And as long as you're doing that in a simple and clever format, you're going to you're gonna kill it. It's just the bottom line. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, people think it's really complicated. And it's, we, we make it more complicated than it is. It's so common. And that's exactly what we're doing. And I get it. It's just like, you know, it's it's, it's, I think it's, it is daunting. And I, I know it's how our audience feels a lot, even when they're thinking about growing on Instagram with just pictures <laughs> and writing a blog. And so like, guys, I get it. So let's head into talk strategy to me. And I would love to hear three to five takeaways, action steps, kind of kick in the pants for people who've been listening to this episode and they're like, okay, okay, fine. I've kind of like grasped how I can maybe integrate video into my game plan. What are some things that they can be doing this month to go ahead and get started conquering video for their business? Absolutely. So, you know, so first and foremost, before you're creating anything, I think step one is really setting that foundation like we talked about. So figuring out within the strategy piece, what is the goal of this video or all these videos that you're going to do as a whole, make sure that you really, really hone in on that. Then next, you know, of course, determining if you haven't already, you know, really who your demo is getting super crystal clear on that because of course, the video you're making for that millennial is different from that baby boomer. So you figure out the first of those those two pieces and that will help you determine what platforms that video makes sense. So first and foremost is really that foundation. It's something that cannot be overlooked and it is such a critical piece. Next up, I would probably say is really laying out your first few concepts. So figure out once you've established that foundation, take on, let's say two to three videos, even one. Don't overwhelm yourself and think that, you know, you have to be churning out this tremendous amount of volume, especially if especially if you're really thinking like, hey, I want to make an incredible video for my website first and foremost, or I want to take on, you know, a couple of videos for Instagram, different things like that. So sit down and really figure out what videos make sense for you and figure out the first two to three of those. And with that said, then I guess the next piece of that would be really honing in on on that content marketing piece, that inspiration, education and entertaining format. 
that and figuring out which of those boxes you check off as a brand or a company and do that. Figure it out. Figure out how you're adding that value. So those would be, I guess, the next three things. And then fourth would probably be that that workflow. So figure out, you know, look, yeah. those eight steps I recommended to you, you're certainly welcome to skip them. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I would not recommend it. It's a, I don't need that. <laughs> it's a workflow that was, you know, honed for me after seven or eight years in this business. And it is something that seems to breed the highest success rate, avoiding these major catastrophic train wreck level mistakes, and also creating immense amounts of efficiency. So that's kind of, you know, the key to getting started. It's it's not as scary as people think it is. I promise you. It's just really investing the time to learn how to do it correctly. Don't sit there and fall down the YouTube Google rabbit hole. Talk to somebody who actually knows what they're doing that will help you know shorten that learning curve immensely. Awesome. Well, if you could tell us where people can hang out with you online, that would be awesome. Absolutely. So first and foremost is Instagram. I'm a big, big fan of Instagram. Uh, you can find me at This Is Video Pop. You can also head over to our website, thisisvideopop.com. There's a free course there that's a little bit more of a deep dive than this even was. Um, I think it's about an hour long. We have a tremendous amount of course offerings, things like that. We have a brand new super secret Facebook group. That's really exciting. So if you really just want to start having conversations about this with different people who are in your shoes, because I think, you know, I personally learned so much from my peers. I want to bounce awesome ideas off of others. I want to see what's working for them if they have my specific business model. I am all about collaboration over competition. So um, Facebook is is where it's at. And I love our, love our little little face, newbie Facebook group. It's very exciting for me. I'm really excited. It's something I wanted to launch for a long time. I can't wait in there. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And then uh, we also have a YouTube channel that we'll be launching soon with lots of new fun tips. Because again, I think, you know, it, there's so many different avenues with video, it is all about learning what is right for you in your specific business. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Andrea. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.